the game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen here in the studio on the official Jets podcast. Training camp is over. In simple terms here, the Cliff Notes, EA, how would you break down the play of Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold? Great. Outstanding. I thought that the Jets quarterbacks had uh, a tremendous training camp. I didn't know what to expect from Darnold coming in, missing three practices, but Jeremy Bates told us the other day that he hit the ground running, that he came in there raring to call. He was poised. His athleticism is very impressive in terms of he's got great feet. I think that's what could potentially set him apart from other players down the line because he can buy himself time, set himself up for new windows to throw through, and he can pick up yards on his own. Darnold did not disappoint. I thought he's been very solid in game action. Teddy Bridgewater's resurgence has been inspiring for lack of a better word. I mean, this guy was out of the, basically out of the National Football League a couple years ago. Goes down with that devastating knee injury, never felt bad for himself. Instead, he looked at his mother as a cancer survivor, as someone that really endured through something. When Bridgewater was down on the ground and suffered that devastating knee injury, he never felt sorry for himself. He's come in here with a great way about himself, very positive guy picked up the offense, been very accurate in games. Another guy who's been good in the pocket in terms of stepping up at the right time, cool customer, poised, really happy on a personal level for Teddy Bridgewater. Even if you don't know him, I think a lot of people got to look at Teddy Bridgewater and say, wow, you know, how he handled the situation is the way you're supposed to do it. And you got to credit his private medical team and the Jets medical team because he looks like the same guy who was a sending player two years ago in Minnesota. Finally, McCown, what can you say about the guy? I mean, a lot of veteran quarterbacks in the National Football League who just had a career year, they'd be whining in the situation privately. Like, they, he wants to play. But McCown, at the same time, understands the situation. Jets moved up from 6-3 to to get their quarterback in the future. Teddy Bridgewater is new to this offensive system. they got to get long looks at both of these guys. They've done that during the summer. So, I don't know, Greens. I I think it's been fantastic. I think that when the Jets assembled the quarterback room of Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold, everyone recognized that it was going to be a great room as people. Yep. But I think that the play has exceeded the expectation, at least for me personally, because you didn't know what you were getting. And Teddy Bridgewater, like you said, he was out for almost two years, and he comes back, and he's mobile in the pocket, and he's having a great time. I mean, how do you not root for Teddy Bridgewater? He's having so much fun. He's dancing on the sidelines. I mean, Michael Jackson comes on, and he's dancing, getting in the huddle, calling the play. And Sam Darnold, I mean, Jeremy Bates talked about it the other day, about owning the playbook. Yep. And the coolest story to me was, again, what Bates said, is that when Sam Darnold went out to practice, he was obviously a couple days late because he didn't sign his contract for the start of camp. He runs out there. He's late to practice. 
The Jets welcome him with a slow clap, and he goes out in the huddle, and he starts spitting plays out and calling plays. And Bates said that takes rookies sometime a year to be comfortable to do that, and he's just going off of his recollection from from minicamp. So I think that the room has been good for each other, and Todd Bowles has said that it's the best room he's been a part of, and Jeremy Bates echoed a similar sentiment. But I think that the light is bright for the Jets quarterback room, no matter who wins the job. And we're, we're going to dive more into the competitions and the battles next week leading up to the final preseason game. And then, of course, cuts day. Only one cut day this year from 90 to 53. It used to be 90 to 75, then 75 to 53. Now it's just 90 to 53. But I think if you're a Jets fan, you have to be encouraged by the quarterbacks. Yeah, well, you got to look back and say uh, how far has this organization come since January 1 in locker room cleanup day. Sam Darnold's going to experience bumps in the road, whether he plays in Motown or not. But he looks to be the goods. Uh, he does. And Teddy Bridgewater, low risk, high reward. And now you're getting a high reward. So let's just see how it all plays out. I know everybody wants to predict the future as far as are the Jets going to carry two? Well, well it's funny you mention that because we're going to take some fan questions later on in the show. We have some questions we didn't get to last week. And Samuel wants to know, I'm bringing this up because he talks about Teddy Bridgewater, is what are your thoughts on trading Teddy Bridgewater to the Denver Broncos? If so, what do you think the Jets can get in return, maybe an edge rusher or a draft pick? Okay, so number one is uh, everything is about two to tango. So what happens during a time like this when people start seeing Bridgewater on a national level and how far he's come and how well he's playing is they naturally look for possible places. I haven't seen Denver too much. We sat down for lunch here at the facility the other day, Greens, myself and you, and you told me Chad Kelly is now the backup quarterback in Denver. If they're searching for a backup quarterback, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a backup quarterback. Now, would they be viewing Bridgewater as a potential guide to lead them? Because uh, nothing against Case Keenum, I think he's a good quarterback, but you could make the argument that Teddy Bridgewater has a much, well, has a higher ceiling than Case Keenum. I would imagine that people will call the Jets about Bridgewater and maybe even Josh McCown. But as far as me looking and saying possible fits, I think a lot of people play fantasy football because everybody was talking about Tampa early on, right? Because Jameis is out the first few games. Ryan Fitzpatrick is there. The likelihood of anybody obtaining a veteran quarterback seven to ten days before the season commences and then that guy starting, I think, is extremely unlikely. I agree with that as well. And, again, we're going to get to more questions later in the pod. But, but if, you're, if you're Mike McKagan Greens, you take every call. Yeah. Because you, well, you, you have, have to. You have to look to see how am I going to improve my roster, not only from a depth uh, perspective, not only from a depth perspective, but also uh, front liners. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, and so Juan Pablo just writes in, what's the best case scenario for the Jets quarterback situation, Greens? Well, the, the thing, this is what's difficult for me is because you saw what happened last year with the Eagles when Carson Wentz went down, and that Nick Foles, who's a good backup quarterback in this league, eventually took over the reins and they won the Super Bowl. So you want to make sure that you have an insurance plan if, if whoever the starter is 
goes down. True. At the same token is that the Jets don't have a second-round pick this year because they traded from 6-3 to three to get Sam Darnold. So if Teddy Bridgewater's value keeps going up during the preseason, I saw the stat that he is the highest – passer rating in the preseason. Well, he's completing, I think, 73 or 74% of his passes, and Darnold's right. completing 72%. It, I mean, they're, they're playing very good football, and you can say that the preseason means nothing, which is fine, but it all it means something to some degree. I mean, it's still football. So, if a similar situation comes about when Teddy Bridgewater went down and Sam Bradford was traded from the Eagles to the Vikings for a first-round pick. I'm not saying the Jets are going to get a first-round pick for Teddy. But if someone goes down and let's say they're a, they believe that team is a playoff contender and they don't have the necessary backup in place, if they pony up the draft capital sure. that McCagden feels comfortable in return, I think you have to trade Bridgewater. And that right there might be the best-case scenario because you still have Josh McCown well, who played very well this uh, last well, year. I have to too. interrupt this by you're basing this on the assumption that Sam Darnold's your week one starter. Correct. Yeah, and Todd Bowles has not which, said that. I just want to clarify this. But I also don't this. think that he's going to get traded. Well, Sam. 100% he's right. not getting traded. Right, so, that, so I'm using him. I'm taking him out of the equation. Yes. So I, I think that's why the, the one thing that people point out is that externally – is what does Teddy Bridgewater bring to the team in the short term? Because let's say Teddy does go out in the short term, he's named the starter and he performs well, and the Jets are four and two. I'm just playing hypotheticals here. You can't trade him midseason, and then and then at the end of the year he's a free agent, and who's to say that he's not going to sign a good deal? So you've had one year. So I'm just looking at like a from a return value. If you have the opportunity to get some of your draft capital back, how do you not do it? Let's see how that plays out. I, I think it's a very interesting debate because sure. you also don't – like having Teddy Bridgewater as a backup and not trading him I think is a good move too because you know that Teddy Bridgewater – you've seen a glimpse of what he can do. No. And I, I just think that you can't have too many good quarterbacks on your roster. You can't have too many good quarterbacks in your roster. That is 100%. Sure, that is a good question. Uh, Barbs writes in, is that empty quarterback coach position reserved until Josh McCown retires? Well, Barb, good question. Number one is uh, Jeremy Bates is the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. And the thing that kind of flies a little bit under the radar, I know it doesn't internally, because if you listen closely to McCown, if you listen closely to Sam Darnold, and if you listen closely to Teddy, they'll talk about this guy, Mick. Mick Lombardi is assistant quarterbacks coach. The guys enjoy working with him. He's been praised throughout training camp, so he's doing a nice job himself. If Josh McCown down the line, yes, he's 39 years old, probably not going to play forever. If he wants to be a coach down the line, he certainly is going to be a coach somewhere. Talking about, I'm bringing back a pod question from last week that we didn't get to because I believe it ties into this is. Who's your favorite up-and-coming player on this Jets team? Favorite? Up favorite? Well, I, I, that's a tough question because you're asking me who's my personal favorite. And I happen to really ta enjoy talking to Derek Bones-Jones. <laughs> you, you had a good interview with him, I, huh? I, I, Last year when, okay. You said the fellas like him, too. You can see that yeah, on oh the yeah. practice field. Yeah, I, I think that last year when he was drafted, I was told to talk to him and ask him about the library, which is a popular bar at Ole Miss, and the Grove, which is a popular 
tailgating spot before football game. I was thinking about Morristown when you said library, but that's called the laundromat or yeah, something like yeah. that, right? Okay. Yeah, the laundromat. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so I was told to ask him about it, and he said, yeah, it's a good time. you got to go down there for an SEC game, Ole Miss, da 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 So last year, like, we talk and we just hang out. Now that I'm seeing him perform in training camp or that he had a very good training camp, I'd say, it makes me happy because, one, I like him as a guy. Okay. I think he's a good dude. So yep. who's my favorite up-and-coming player? I'd say him as a dude. How about them apples? That's fine. And I still want to go to an SEC game because I've never done that. This ACC. Is a com- this is a common question asked. Uh, Darn Zingas. Are the Jets going to look? <laughs> <laughs> Darn Zingas. Why is that bad? This guy's a Knicks fan. He's definitely a Jets and a Knicks fan because it is a mix of Darnold and Porzingis. Oh, Darn. Yeah. Darn, that darn zingus. <laughs> darn, darn zingus. You got to give the this guy props or lady for being very innovative and creative. I guess they're putting uh, Darnold and Porzingis together. Yeah. This is a Jets-Knicks fan? I, I would have to assume. All right, so are the Jets going to look to upgrade the O-line or pass rush before the season? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Just to kill two birds with one stone, Annie wants to know overall how does the O-line look. So there you go. All right, I, I think the, I think the Jets' offensive line is okay. Um, what I would say is, when you're missing two starters in a preseason game, I don't know if I'm turning the alarm on just yet. Brian Winters and Calvin Beecham are two of your top performers, and those two sacks of uh, Sam Darnold against the Washington Redskins occurred against backups. With that being said, uh, I think there is some depth on the interior. I think any team in the National Football League, when you look at it, most teams aren't equipped to handle multiple injuries up front. You, knock on wood, you want your left tackle is going to be protecting your quarterback's blind side. You want him ready to go for 16 games. I don't think... The Jets are in a crazy bad position up front. I look at Winters, and I think he's going to be an upgrade of whatever we saw from Winters last year because he had that you know, awful uh, abdomen injury. Then I look at Spencer Long and say he's going to be an upgrade at the uh, center position. I think Calvin Beecham's pretty solid at left tackle, and Carp is a good left guard, and then uh, Brandon Shell continues to develop at right tackle. I think that starting five is pretty good. I'm not saying this is the top five, uh, top five offensive line in the National Football League, but I think it's it's okay. And then at the outside linebacker position, the, the edge position, you're always going to be looking. Can you find that next great pass rusher? Can you get somebody who's going to give you some more juice off the edge? Right now, it's Josh Martin and uh, Jordan Jenkins, and then Frankie Louvu and Brandon Copeland have been getting long looks there. But let's see who springs free from the 90 to the 53 cut down. You're not going to see a lot of big-name productive pass rushers out there, I don't think. Listen, they don't grow on trees. Everybody's looking for them. So I think it could be difficult. Can you acquire a guy by trade? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. you got to find a perfect situation. Then you talk about compensation, things like that. We actually talked to Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback uh, today about that. He said next year's draft class is loaded with edge guys. So of, course that's some- would, of course he would say that because uh, Ohio State, oh. Nick Bosa. 
Oh yeah, Joey. Joey's little yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could be a top five, right? Yeah, he could. Could be number one overall. Ma Matt Miller said that Nick Bosa on this Jets defense would be a nightmare, but he doesn't think the Jets will be in position to draft him come okay. 2019. Okay. Food for thought. That's fine. All right, so we'll see what happens on the O line and outside linebacker. Someone that didn't play last week, Kelvin Beecham. We'll see if he plays Friday night. But before we talk about the third week in the preseason, EA. Let's talk to Dan Graza, a friend of the pod. He was on before. He'll be on pretty much throughout the season. And, again, he's the new pre- and post-game voice of the Jets on ESPN Radio. Let's see who Dan Graza has his eye on for week three of the preseason. All right, Dan. So, obviously, all eyes are going to be on Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Friday night, the MetLife Bowl, all that good stuff. But because you're the voice of the Jets pre- and post-game, we need something a little more than just the quarterbacks. What are you looking out for? Who's the guy or the guys that you're looking out for Friday night? A lot of pressure you put on my plate with that uh, one, That's huh? what I'm here the, for. The, the pre- and post-game <laughs> voice, that's a lot. Great being with you guys, by the way. Um, it, obviously, as you said, everybody's going to look to see the quarterbacks, and Todd Bowles alluded to it on Wednesday at practice, right, when he said the fact that this is going to be the dress rehearsal, everybody knows the third preseason game, want to see the ones out there, want to see how they handle adversity. So I think that that speaks to the group as a whole, right? I mean, not everything is going to go great. And in a regular season game, when you're playing four quarters, it's not just going to be smooth sailing for you. You might struggle for two, two and a half quarters and then get it going in the fourth to win a game. So that's something to keep our eyes on. Um, as far as positions are concerned, though, look, I know it's not maybe high on the priority list. I'll start with the kicker position right <laughs> now, right? I mean, because... Cairo Santos was a guy who was signed in the offseason, thought he yep. was going to be the front runner. Well, he's not part of the mix anymore. Unfortunately, couldn't shake that groin injury. Taylor Bertolette's done a nice job here. I know that there's still a little bit to be desired in terms of the kickoffs that they want to see maybe get a little bit stronger. So we get Myers, who comes aboard here from Seattle. This is a job that's important. Okay, an old coach who used to coach for this team once said, no, you never want to take the foot out of football. It's a big part of the game. Ask the Chargers from a year ago. You know, that, they, uh, are you quoting Parcells here? That's who I'm quoting. Okay. <laughs> Think about the Chargers in the month of September last year. You know, they dropped three games by like a combined seven points or something like that because they had such a disaster at the kicking position, and that ultimately cost them a spot in the playoffs, right? So, I mean, every single game is important. That's why I look to see what we have from these kickers. It's a great point about the kickers because... Special teams coordinator Brant Boyer said this week that, hey, listen, with the new kickoff rules, mm -hmm. I think you're going to see more explosive returns. So conversely, on the other side of that, you want to have somebody with a stronger leg to prevent that from happening. There's a lot of strategy involved. You see that up in New England, for example, Belichick, what he's coached you know, Guskowski to do here since they moved the kickoff kick the ball up high and kind of pin them down inside the five-yard line, allow your returners to get down there, as opposed to just punting it through the end zone and giving them the automatic touchback. Let's see if we can pin them back even further. So I'm sure that that's something that a lot of teams are trying to implement. It makes perfect sense to me, as a matter of fact, too. The tight end position, uh, we've talked about it ourselves collectively. That you got all these names, right? You have a nice group there. But we haven't really seen them all yet together, healthy, in a game, on the field. And that's what I'm looking forward to here. You know, now the fact that Leggett's here, uh, Herndon's here, Sterling, Walford, all these guys. You know, let's see them get a good amount of playing time with the ones, with the twos, sprinkle them in and out here in this game on Friday night. And let's see which couple guys are going to deserve most of the playing time when we kick it off for real. 
You mentioned Chris Herndon. He will make his debut Friday night. That's what head coach Todd Bowles said. Dan, thanks for joining us. Love being with you guys. EA, now the question goes to you, is who do you have your eye on for the third week of the preseason? And you cannot say quarterbacks because everyone and their mothers has their eyes on the quarterbacks. Who are you to say what I can and can't talk about here on the I'm making the rules. I'm making the rules. Mayday, Marcus May. He hasn't played all preseason. Todd Bowles said, I want to see New Jack City all together. The starters are expected to play at least a half, maybe into the third quarter. I think he needs game reps. He's itching to get back out there, uh, and I think that would be good to see. So uh, from a starting perspective, you go any number of ways. You could look on the offensive side and say Quincy Anuna is close, Terrell Pryor is close, and maybe those guys see action. But the way Todd talked about it, the way Marcus talked about it, I think he's going to make his preseason debut. Okay, I, I would agree with everything you said, but the guys for me that I want to see are the outside linebackers, Brandon Copeland and Frankie Lubu, hmm. for this reason. The third week in the preseason is largely regarded as the final dress rehearsal. So last year, Jordan Jenkins and Josh Martin were the two starters predominantly for the Jets on the outside. You know what they have. You know what they can give you. If Brandon Copeland and Frankie Louvu get first-team reps in the first half, what can they do against the Giants, assuming first team? And what can they do under the lights in the most realistic game-like atmosphere that you'll get in the preseason? So I'm very curious to see what those two guys do. And just jumping off the fact that the starters will likely play a half, if not a little bit more, what do you hope to see out of the starting units? No, he said it. He said it as much the other day in the news conference. He wants to see guys in uh, situations that aren't favorable, that you've got to play your way through. Rex Ryan used to always talk about it in terms of playing on ice skates. And you put guys on ice skates in the preseason to see what they can and can't do. Playing... Getting plays are going to be important for some of these injury guys coming back. But getting involved in game-like situations, and say it's an unfavorable position like a second and 12, and things like that, that's what Todd Bowles talked about today. It, not everything's going to be a first and 10. Not everything's going to be uh, set up the way you draw it up. How are you going to react to some adversity along uh, the way? Um, so, you know, you could look at little things. You could say, listen, if Darnold's in there, he starts. You want him to finish with touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, defensively, you'd love to say, well, maybe get a takeaway or two. But I still, I'm still of the old adage that you're evaluating personnel in the preseason. But this is the last time where, you know, like you mentioned, the starters are going to get to action. Thousands of questions are out there. Who will step up? Who will start at quarterback? How will that person play? All your questions will be answered Friday night. You can watch on NewYorkJets.com. How about that? It's, it's the MetLife Bowl. The MetLife Bowl. Yep. Jets, Giants, Jets home game. Again, all your questions. And then next week, EA and I will break down the roster a little more, look ahead to the fourth preseason game. Again, questions always welcome. Eric Allen, Ethan Greenberg. You can follow us on Twitter at EAllenJets. 
the Greenberg Jets. We'll be covering the game. And you can check me out on Instagram at EL Jets. Always plugging the Instagram, yeah. this guy. Hey, listen, that's that's where it's at, bro. And on that note, that's all we have this week. Next week, we're breaking down the roster. We're looking ahead to the preseason finale. But for now, we're out.